All right, here we go, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Questioning Market. Before it was called Talking with Teachers, and that's exactly what we're doing today. But again, it's more about just talking to really inspirational, motivating people. And I'm here with uh, with a guy who's a buddy of mine, but he wasn't always a buddy of mine. And we'll get into that a little bit later in the podcast. But please, Kim, introduce yourself. Where are you from? What's going on? Good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm Kim, and uh, I'm obviously a teacher here at Raha. And uh, I'm just really happy to be invited to come to this uh, podcast because uh, it's been intriguing to listen to Mark's uh, podcast and to be part of it, I think, is... Uh, it's, it's really satisfying. Awesome. I'm going to ask you to move a little bit closer and talk a little bit louder. I don't want, we'll never be able to recreate this. And that's the beauty about podcasting and the beauty about conversations is I think they're just that more authentic. You know, it's, well, they're authentic the first time around. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Um, I think I shared with you this before about listening to your, you know, past podcasts and just, uh, you know, listening and, uh, picturing the chemistry going on between the two, you know, the interviewer and the person uh, uh, being interviewed. Uh, yeah, very intriguing uh, podcast. So I'm, I'm happy to be here this morning. All right, well, game on. Now, I will kind of start with a point I was gonna, I was gonna kind of finish with, but we might as well start with first impressions. When the first time I saw you um, at Raha International School, I have to say, I thought a little bit maybe this guy's a little larger than life. Uh, walking down the grade four hallway, maybe <laughs> some little tattoos showing or this and that. Um, what's your impression or what are your, what's your idea on first impressions? And what was your first impression on me? Well, uh, first impressions are, you know, are lasting ones, you know, regardless of what you think first impressions are. Uh, they're the first uh, visual contact with somebody. Right. If it's a conversation, that conversation might stick, you know, in your mind for forever. Um, have you had one of those before yeah definitely you know it just you asked me a question about yourself and uh one that stuck up you know when i first saw you or my first contact with you was you know you're a teacher who had his own swag uh you didn't you didn't look like you dressed like everyone else and i quite i quite like those kind of people where you know you're not afraid to step out and do your own thing we'll follow the path for a little while but we're willing to uh make our own paths and when i saw the way you were dressing and just the way you were presenting yourself to different people, I was like, yeah, this, this guy could be really cool. Do you think it's changing a little bit, the way teachers present themselves? Like now, teachers can present themselves as podcasters or as social media people, what have you. But within the school, you know, I do find people express themselves a little more than I remember my teachers. I don't remember my teachers ever rolling up their pants or doing yeah, anything. Yeah, I guess it's the... You know, it's what makes great teachers, I think. You know, that human quality has to come out. You know, we can't always be, you know, we say we have to be good actors on, in front of the children. But, you know, I think being a good human being is, is, is a good example of what, you know, what we could show to our children. So when we can express ourselves uh, in any way or art form, the way we dress or the way we uh, interact with people, I think is a very good thing. It's a very good thing. And one thing that maybe did come off in the first impression or it did come off very very quickly is your connection to your kids and your connection to being a father and i think some you know everyone who has children you know they they handle that role a little bit differently but some yeah. just so clearly um enjoying that role showing that they enjoy that role and you see that relationship 
and I see your kids here at, uh, on the campus coming and hanging out in your classroom. Uh, has it always been like that? Were you always ready to have kids and be a father, or did it kind of take time? Um, I think I read in a book where it said, like, <laughs> no one's actually prepared to become a father okay. <laughs> or to have kids. But um, it's, it's a role that, you know, that I was excited for once I got over the whole shock that, wow, I'm going to be a father. Mm. Um, I guess life becomes so, uh, you're unselfish, you know, everything's about someone else or, you know, little little human beings that depend on you. And I think it pushes me as a person to go beyond what I can give, you know, to myself or for myself because it's, it, is, it is for someone else and uh, it brings me a lot of joy to see the kids happy. So whatever I could do for my kids a, as a father and as someone who could show the way for them that the road could be easier for them growing up. Uh, it's, it's and and I find it interesting you say um, doing stuff for someone else and I think fathers are like that. Things You become less selfish or less self-involved but how... How do you keep the stuff that still makes you him, the guy that your your friends back home would know, and when they see you, they still say, like, yes, I can identify with that guy. He's yeah. still the same. Uh, I guess my whole uh, manner of way, the way I carry myself, <laughs> there's things that I'm sure you have never met some of my friends across the other side of the world, and you will share something about, you know, something that you'll see me do, and they'll be like, yeah, that's Kim. All right. You know, so there's there's... I leave imprints, you know, everywhere I am. Like, you know, I've been to Australia. It's my first time in the UAE. I've only, you know, I'm, I'm just coming to my first, you know, a whole year here. And I'm finding my feet really comfortable here. And yeah, yeah. So um, I'm sure you have stories to tell. <laughs> if if well, you I were to meet my, my other friends or, you know, even to sit down with my, my grade, my grade level teachers, uh, yeah, you, there'll be things to, sh to share that you'll be like, yeah, that's cool. Okay, because like for me, I like I have to admit, and I admit this openly all the time, I struggle with giving of myself. And it's a sense that, not that I don't, is that I feel that I do it too much. And when I'm living here in the UAE, it's a very work-home balance. There's mm -hmm. not much time to do a lot of other stuff, or maybe there is, and I just haven't figured it out. Mm -hmm. But... In the summertime, I always take one of my daughters back to Canada. My wife takes one of our daughters to Hong Kong so that we can make that family connection. And it's during those moments when I can like pass off, this is gonna sound horrible, my daughter <laughs> to her grandparents and say, you know, here for the night, I'm gonna go hang out with my friends. Yeah. And I feel like a part of my old self is returning. The way I talk, the way I move a little bit. Do you have those moments? Do you have those Yeah, nights? sure. It, I think you touched upon something that was really important. Like you have those friends that just remind you of who you really are. Like right. you can, you know, you could travel the world, but you have those certain friends that when you're with them, you just re reminds you of who you are. And, uh, you know, that word grounding comes, comes to mind. Uh, I have the same thing. Like if I go home, drop my kids off to, you know, uh, a family member who you, you know, they're going to be well looked after. And then, just to let your hair out and you know be who you are and i think that's why we have long lasting friends because they know who's coming home they know that mark that's coming to hang out and chill out it's not the teacher or it's not you know the guy walking around the corridors of raha but you know the mark they grew up knowing. Yeah. yeah and i think they just hope that i'm not going to walk walk in with like a podcast yeah mic that's or it or, or they yeah. hope they're not going to get <laughs> get an art lesson so right yeah, yeah. now i think there's a, hu there's a huge topic we need to talk about, and it's one that I'm a little nervous talking about because I don't know anything about it. And usually, 
if I don't know anything about it, I won't talk about it on my podcast. <laughs> sure, sure. But as a Canadian, I know hockey. Yeah. And I know the feeling, I think this is where we can make a connection. I know the feeling of being passionate to the core about a sport, about a team, and when your country plays that sport. I, can, I know it, Canada, hockey, I do it. Rugby, can you tell me what that means to you? Uh, growing up in New Zealand, well, I was born in New Zealand, so uh, every every child, every you know, even young girls as they grow up, uh, they grow up wanting to play for the national rugby team of New Zealand, which is the All Blacks. Um, uh, it's a dream that <laughs> they say every New Zealand child has, and I could say pretty much ninety percent of it's true. Um, right. You grow up, you might not have uh, buy the best rugby boots or can't buy the best gear but the beauty of rugby is you just have to be on the grass know the rules and away you go um what's the main rule well the main rule is don't don't get hurt because <laughs> 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 it's such a physical demanding sport um i think one thing that i could put my hand you know my finger on rugby is that it's about teamwork uh, like you know it's a it's a battle of bodies being thrown everywhere and looking after your mate and one thing that i've understood about rugby is that the people you play rugby with are long-lasting friends that, you know, there's no macho, you know, things going around in that room because you know what it's like. Is on that the because they're taking hits for you or you're taking yeah, yeah. hits for well, them? Or? Well, it's, 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 if you were in my team and I saw you, you know, getting dealt with by one of the opposition, you know, I've, I've got to be there for you. And you've got to have that trust that I'm right, you know, behind you or beside you doing what I could do, you know, so that you're not in a, any position of discomfort. Right. And this kind of dream as a child to be part of the All Blacks, is that something that the parents are, is it because the parents are constantly talking about it and the community is? It's just, is it a whole country effort? Yeah. It has to be a little well, effort. You know, and a lot of, I've got, you know, Mr. Andrew Ligo, who's an Australian, mm. and uh, he's passionate uh, rugby country as well. And he often asks me, you know, what is it about New Zealand that makes, you know, this good rugby team? And I just said, look, it's it's one of those things that uh, rugby's a sport where it's not about the glamour. It's not about, you know, the kids don't grow up wanting to be rich. They just want to represent that jersey. And that jersey means so much more than fame or, or money. It, it, there's a lot of pride in it because of the people who have worn, it, worn the jersey uh, in, in, the, you know, in the past and wanting to uh, put their name on that list. You know, I, and I've got you know, good friends of mine who were All Blacks and are still playing in the All Blacks now. And, you know, listening to them tell their stories of actually being in the team and what it means to them, it just gives me goosebumps that even being in the team, it still gives them goosebumps and they're in the team. So, right. you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's a, like I said, it's every child's dream in New Zealand to, to wear that black jersey. And I like that idea of a child having a dream, what they're going to become and, and going after that. How about for yourself. You're here, you're in the Middle East, you're here with your entire family. What's the five-year plan? Do you, do you believe in five-year plans? Yeah, of course. I think you always got to have some kind of vision to know uh, what steps you're going to take next. Um, coming into uh, Abu Dhabi, UAE, um, I think I was really blessed to, to happen to fall into Raha's hands. <laughs> I think that's the word. Like I fell into it. Like I could have picked uh, other schools and when I looked online and did a bit of research, I thought, wow, you know, this Raha school looks, you know, looks the real deal. Um, now that I'm in here, I've been here for, since August, I found the teachers to be really awesome, you know, yourself, Mark, and 
especially some boys, you know, some of the, the male teachers here, even the women are, are awesome. So I think my five-year plan will, might be just in, in these walls. Just you know? to hang out. Yeah, yeah. And I was talking to the CEO of Talim, which we're part of. It's a 10-school kind of, I don't want to call it an organization, but it, it is a little bit. And she was talking about a soft power at Raha. And trying one of these things that you walk into the campus and you can't put your finger on. Do you, do you see that? Yeah, yeah. I think there's a, that, that soft power you talk about, like you're free to move and and you know be the teacher you you want to be but there are certain rules that you're aware of you know that soft kind of power you know what's there but uh you tread lightly you know in areas of where you want to express yourself as a teacher and i think that's a perfect lead in what's with the tattoos man the tattoo so uh my heritage is i'm tongan so born in new zealand but both of my parents are from the small polynesia uh, polynesian island of tonga uh, one proud thing that I could say about the Polynesia is uh, they gave the word tattoo to the English dictionary. You know, All right. the word uh, tattoo uh, in in Tongan language is called tatatau, which means to tap tap. Okay. So the original before the machines came, uh, uh, our king and our our warriors who used to fight in tribal wars, or uh, they used to tattoo their bodies as a symbols of uh, strength. You know, the more tattoos you have the higher rank you were right in the army so uh tattoos for tongans are something that we're really proud of um the history goes that when the missionaries came into tonga educated one of our kings he uh called it taboo because of uh the bible uh inscription that your body's a temple so the king decided to uh ban it in tonga all right. And we were lucky enough that our Samoan cousins, uh, island close by to Tonga, had adopted our tattoos. Uh, one of the years that we had uh, colonized their little island, they saw our, our warriors' tattoos and thought that the tattoos gave us power. So they adopted it. And many years after we decided that the king was wrong and we were trying to find our identity back, we found it through them. So they were able to tell the stories back to us. Wow. So the guys like Dwayne Johnson, he's Samoan. So the tattoos he wears are, you know, I could say are Tongan influenced, you right. know, because, yeah, yeah, they came from Polynesia. And have you had one of those tap, tap, tap Yeah, tattoos? yeah, I've had an uh, experience with the, the tap, tap. They actually use a uh, shark's teeth as the, uh, as the tool to penetrate the skin. And uh, back in the days, they used to uh, use uh, the soot from the pot when you, when you uh, because obviously we didn't have s stoves and ovens. Back in the days, they used to just get up the pot and uh, make the fire. And that black soot that's on the pot, they used to mix that up, and that becomes the ink. There you go. Yeah, there you go. And this has been 15 minutes that went by in about 30 seconds. I'm going to end it with something that's going on in my hashtag run and rent community. Today, the, the people are out, and they're, they're running, they're getting active, and they're, they're being reflective. And they're being reflective about blockers. And I find in education, whenever you're trying to put a new initiative in or you're trying to do something, maybe even in your life, there's always people that are going to block you, kind of slow you down. And when I launched this podcast, I threw it out to the whole school. I got some messages back, but it wasn't a flood of 200 staff members asking to be in the podcast. And I'm sure there was people out there a little bit apprehensive about it and maybe even trying to block it. And I can tell you, Kim, you were definitely not one of them. One of the first guys to say... Sign me up. 
may be the first one to sign to say <laughs> sign me up. Self signed, eh? Yeah. <laughs> so I appreciate you taking the time to come in. Have a wonderful day, and uh, that's a wrap. Thank you. That was awesome, Mark. Thank you. <laughs>